KDXI St. George, Radio St. George at 100.3 FM. And we welcome you to The Extraordinary Talk Show, a show to help you understand yourself and the world from a new perspective. And in the process, help you find your own personal extraordinary. And now your host for The Extraordinary Talk Show, Della Hill. get started. But guys, I do have some cool stories for you today. First of all, I want to ask you, do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe that there is life after this one? Do you believe that the world continues when you no longer live in this body? And I want to give you the same kind of warning that I usually do, where I might say some things that might resonate with you, that might feel real and true to you. But at the same time, those things may go against what you have previously heard, what someone else has previously told you. And what I want you to understand is that there is no human on earth that can have as much truth for you or be as honest with you as your soul can be. So when you learn something new or hear something new from me or from anyone that makes sense to you, kind of resonates, but also you might get a disconcerted feeling from it. And what that disconcerted feeling is your soul telling you something different from what you have previously heard or known to be true. And if you get that disconcerted feeling, question why. Why do you feel that way? And is it possible, is it possible that what you know to be true, that what you may have previously heard to be true, may not be as true as what your soul wants you to know? So, I want to tell you some fun ghost stories. I am a registered nurse, guys. I have worked in labor and delivery, and I have worked in hospice. I've worked birth and I've worked death. And what I want to tell you is that they are not that different. Birth and death are two doorways in a very, very, very long hallway. And what I also know about those doorways is no matter which one of those you're going through, there are people, there are souls anxiously awaiting your arrival. So let's start with many years ago when I was working as a labor and delivery scrub tech. We're talking 25 years ago. It became apparent to me, I realized that I had a guardian angel. And my mother, her very first child, my mother gave birth to eight full-term babies, but the very, very first one did not survive the birth. My parents named her Melly. And one morning, about two, three in the morning, as I was working a graveyard shift, walking down the hall in the hospital, I felt her with me. And I said, hey, Melly, are, are you my guardian angel? And 
I had that soul speak, what I was talking to you about a minute ago, the vibration inside me that, that answered that question for me and assured me that, yes, in fact, she was my guardian angel. And Melly has been, I'm, I'm certain that she was my guard before I ever acknowledged it and before I realized it, but she has been ever since. And not only her, but we all have many guides, many guardians, many, many who love us and want to bless us, help us, guide us in many, many ways. There was one evening I was working at the hospital and there was a mother who had experienced the same thing that my mother had experienced. She carried a baby to full term, loved that baby, bonded with it as it was growing in her stomach. And yet that baby did not survive birth. That beautiful, perfect body was born without breath. And at the time, I was 18 years old. And I knew that that had happened to my sister. And in a way, I had gratitude that that happened to my sister because that way she could be my angel. But I also knew it had been very, very difficult for my parents to lose their very first child. And as it happened, the family was able to love and cuddle and hold this infant, which is very important in the process of grieving, which is a very, very, very normal process. And please don't ever hold yourself back from grief. And when the time came that they were done, that they were ready to say goodbye to him, the nurse that I was working with asked me to carry that tiny body down to the morgue. And I'm sure I had an initial micro expression because I wasn't expecting to be asked that. I had never, it never occurred to me. And the nurse stopped and said, is that okay? Will you be all right with that? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. I can do this. And I carried this baby, which also is odd because in the hospital, you don't carry babies in the hallway. You always push them in their little cart. So that alone was different. And I entered the elevator on the fourth floor to go down to the basement. And as I was traveling down, I recognized that I was not alone in the elevator. I recognized very clearly that there were two souls there with me. And one of them was Melly, my angel, standing to my left. And the other was a male soul. At least that's how he felt to me. And I acknowledged, I was clear to me that this was the soul that belonged to this tiny body that I was carrying. And I asked in my mind, what's your name? And immediately, without hesitation, Job, like Job from the Bible, Job came into my mind and I knew that 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 was the name that he knew himself by and that he wanted me to know him by. And I carried these this infant who did not breathe, who did not have life, and yet in that elevator with me, were two beings sharing that moment. And I cannot express to you being alone in an elevator, carrying 
a deceased child and yet having a tremendous fullness of love and appreciation. Tremendous gratitude, love, and even joy. And I have been ever since then grateful for that moment that I was able to share. That was the first, one of the first of many, many moments where I have been able to feel another soul that was not currently in a physical body near me or around me. And guys, I'm not special. I'm no more special than you are. Every single one of us has a sixth sense, has extra abilities beyond the five senses that you are aware of on a daily basis. And they're all a little bit stronger than others. You know, some of us have better eyesight than others. Some of us have better hearing than others. And some of us even hear different tones in our hearing. Some hear higher, some hear lower. The sixth sense is much the same. What you sense, whether it might be being aware of extra souls or knowing what somebody else might be thinking or what their emotions might be, we all have that. And if you feel something like that, listen to your soul telling you that that's a real thing for you. Follow up about 15 to 20 years later. Now I'm a registered nurse and I'm working in a care center. And I had a patient who had been in a car accident. She was in her 80s. And her husband had previously passed about 10 years ago before that. And we were at a point where the family was recognizing that they, it was time to put their mother on hospice. She was not responding. She was not waking up. Or if she was, it was little bits here and there just to make eye contact and greet her children. And her five children flew in to be here. And they were trying to decide. The kids are here trying to decide, do we take another week off work? Should we start planning a funeral? Is this, we know mom's going to die, but is she going to die tomorrow or is she going to die next week? And I was standing in the hallway speaking to the children, who most of them were older than I was, but the children of this, this woman. And one of the staff members opened the door and went in. And those of you who live here in St. George, you guys know in the middle of the summer when it's 110 degrees outside and you open up the door to go outside, that rush of hot air that hits you in the face, hits your whole body. When that staff member opened that door, there was a rush of something that I initially couldn't identify or pinpoint. Something rushed out of that door and hit me full in the face and in the chest enough that it brought a tear to my eye and even made me slightly shaky in the moment and I looked around at the people I'm discussing things with and none of them seemed to notice it none of them seemed to feel it right then but I knew something had just happened and when the staff member came out again only a moment later I felt it again, this time not as intense as I had the first time, but also this time I looked into the room. I could see the foot of the patient's bed. I couldn't even see the head of the bed, but I could see the foot of her bed. 
and not with my physical eyes, but what you might say with your third eye or might say just with knowing, I was aware that her husband, who had passed 10 years before, was standing at the foot of her bed. And what I felt was, one, his love for her, and two, his absolute incomprehensible joy that very soon he was going to be with her again. If you've had something like that and and maybe listening right now, you can think of something that's happened to you similar. Undeniable. That was a very, very special moment for me in understanding that life goes on, that death for us is not what we think it is. Death is not an ending. Death is a doorway. And just like when a baby is born and there's family in the room or even outside of the room with their ear to the door waiting to hear that first cry, waiting to know that that soul has come here to this place. When we go through the next hallway door, there are just as many more, in fact, souls waiting to greet us and welcome us. There is nothing to fear in death. The hard part of death is missing the person that we no longer have in our life, that we can no longer see, hold, talk to on the phone, and receive the daily physical blessings of having them in our lives. And that's why we grieve. And I'm not saying you shouldn't grieve. Absolutely grieve. Grief is a very normal human emotion, and it should be expressed. But don't think that if you grieve for a shorter time than someone else does, or that if at some point you are ready to release your grief, don't think for a minute that that means you didn't love that person. The person who has passed on does not want you to grieve. They are not grieving, I promise you. They are experiencing joy and understanding of the universe that you and I can't even imagine. They don't want us to grieve. They, it's okay with them if we do grieve. It's okay that we miss them. They don't want us to carry that grief on, to extend it, to hold ourselves back because of that. That is the last thing they want for us. So please grieve. Give yourself permission for that, but also know the time comes to move on. If your grief for someone who's no longer here is holding you back, that's not what they want for you. I've talked some at other times about Esther Hicks. And before I studied Esther, when I had only heard of her, I was attending a hospice patient who we knew would be passing within hours and many members of the family were there and most of them seemed to be handling it pretty well but there was one woman who seemed to be handling it 
all too well. And I've learned in my experience, this means one of three things. This person is either in complete denial or they're in complete acceptance or they're in the will. And part of my job as a hospice nurse is to not only attend to the patient, but also to attend to the family. And I pulled her aside just a little bit and checked in with her. How you doing? You know, I'm noticing that you seem to be handling this really well. And she smiled and she said to me, have you heard of Esther Hicks or Abraham Hicks? And I said, I've heard of him. Don't know much more than that. And she said, here's the thing. And I know this now to be a quote from Esther and Abraham Hicks. She says, here's the thing. We all know grandpa's going to croak. Croak, 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 croak. Grandpa's going to croak. We like to use the word croak because we like to be as disrespectful of death as we can because we know that it does not exist. And at that time, I understood less than I do now, but more than some. And I felt that soul resonation when she said that. My heart vibrated. And I knew, even if I didn't clearly understand what she was saying or why she was saying it, I knew that it was okay. And I knew that she was processing this very well and had an understanding of what was happening to her grandfather. I have come to understand more and more that what she said was true, my friends, that death does not exist. And in many cases, we have the opportunity to still speak to those people. Just because someone has died, do you think that they don't hear you? One mistake, one misunderstanding that we have about the universe is that we think time and space hold us apart from other souls and other parts of the world. Yet we know that we can split an atom or take two parts of a particle and put them 17 miles apart, tickle one and the other one laughs. Because time and space are more made up by humans than they are real. When you think my grandpa died and he's in heaven now, what makes you think that his heaven isn't right next to you? A few years ago, my father-in-law died. And I loved this man very dearly. He had a very, very sweet, sweet soul. And he had lived across the country at the time that he passed, and I had not had the opportunity to say goodbye to him. And so I took that opportunity. He didn't need to be there in front of me. I didn't have to race to his bedside at the last minute. And if I had tried and hadn't made it, it would have been okay. Because I sat with myself, and I called to him. And as soon as I called his name in my mind, I felt him. I knew that he was close and I knew he could hear me. And I spoke to him and I said, I love you and I want us to always love each other. I know that you love me. 
And in this moment, I want to ask you forgiveness for anything that I may have said or done that caused you hurt or brought you unhappiness in any way. And in the same way, not that he had ever done anything to hurt me, but because it was clear, I wanted it to be clear between us. If there is anything that maybe was in the past that I've forgotten about or that I unknowingly caused harm to you, I ask for forgiveness for that. And I sat in a, in a type of meditation and I sat with him and I felt my soul resonate with his love for me. And I recognized his agreement with my request to offer and receive forgiveness. And with an understanding and a promise that we could move forward from that point with love only. With love only and understanding only. And in doing that, I was able to process my grief much simpler than I had expected. You've heard many stories of people who, in their last moments before they die, or in the even days before they die, might see and speak to their loved ones. I know that when my grandfather passed away, he was 93, and he had a tr the tremendous blessing of having all of his five children gathered around him. As much, in fact, more of a blessing for them than for him. And my mother and aunts and uncles witnessed my grandfather look at a space on the wall where there was no one and nothing, but focus his eyes there when his eyes weren't focusing on much and speak my grandmother's name, Esther, because she had died several years before him. And my mother and her siblings knew that their mother was there with them, not only with him, but also with them, to, as I said before, welcome him through that doorway. You also have probably heard other stories of recognizing or hearing from even a soul after they left. I had another hospice patient a couple of years ago. I was on call that weekend and the case manager had called me and she said, this daughter is especially struggling and the family needs some Della magic. So I showed up at this house and I walked in the door and it was clear to me that this father was going to pass in the next 24 hours. But it was also clear to me that the daughter had not accepted that and was even fighting to keep him. And you have to understand that when someone is getting ready to pass, even if they're not opening their eyes, even if they're not speaking, they're aware. They know. 
And sometimes they will take that step out while you're there with them. And sometimes they will wait for you to step out before they go. I was able to provide support for this daughter. I spent several hours there that night. I was actually not on call over the night. I was back on call about six in the morning, but I had told the nurse who was on call over the night, if he passes maybe after four or five, shoot me a text, and if I'm awake, I will go and handle the process. So I woke up about 5.45, and about 10 minutes later, I got a text from the nurse saying, he passed, and I said, no problem, I'm on it. And I was able to be there and help the daughter say goodbye to her father's body 